So, we're going to talk about the fact that God wants to bless you. How many of you want to be blessed? Raise your hand. I mean, really blessed. Raise your hand. Yeah, I, boy, I just think that's the best because God wants to bless His people. However, there's going to be a very critical component that we've got to take a look at today. And I want you to catch this with all your heart. What I'm about to say is very succinct, very clear and short. So you're going to have to really, really catch it. Are you ready? Here's scripture going to come up on the board here. Would you read this with your, your greatest Shakespearean thespian voices? Are you ready? All right, your basal profundo voices. Go. If you know these things, you are blessed if you... you if you know these things, you are blessed if you... Where does the blessing come from? Knowing or doing? If you know these things, you are blessed if you... You know, you watch young, brand new Christians. They're just fabulous. They're just like, oh, I'm alive today. It's sunny. I can breathe. You know, they're just like thankful for everything. And then you get older and you get crankety and cratchety and you just start to, you know, lose that sense of effervescence. And I was thinking, why? Because, you see, when you're a brand new believer, you only know this much. But you apply everything you know. So you are not just knowing this much, you're doing this much, which means you are doing 100% of what you know. And God blesses. But as time goes by, you, you start to learn a little bit more. You go to church a few more times. You go to a small group. You go to New Zealand and beyond. And man, you are really smart now. But you still kind of do the same amount of stuff. Now remember, you got tons of knowledge now. But blessing doesn't come through the knowledge. It comes through the... And so you have a lot of knowledge. And a little bit of blessing... And a big knowledge. And a little bit of blessing. Because if you know these things, you are blessed if you... If you do them. I want to talk to you about that today. How important it is to work hard. Because what will happen in your life is you're going to go from automatic to manual in your life. Growth is no longer going to be automatic. You gotta put it into manual gear. You gotta do it intentionally. And if you're not growing intentionally, you will stop growing. See, when you're a brand new baby, everything's automatic. Isn't that right? Like, you don't even have to eat manually. Someone feeds you. You eat automatic, right? Here comes the airplane. Right? You mess up your diapers, whoops, cleaned automatically. You dirty your clothes, whoop, they're washed automatically. You don't even have to take a bath, whoop, it's clean, you're all clean automatically. You can eat all kinds of junk when you're growing up. You stay slim automatically. But something happens because at a certain age, you don't stay slim automatically. You have to do that intentionally. Nobody's going to feed you. You've got to feed your own face intentionally. You have to clean your own stuff up intentionally. And if you don't bathe yourself, you stink 
automatically. <laughs> That's the only thing you got automatic. That's it. But the same thing is true with growing in Christ. Listen to, listen to what happens. If you just keep growing and growing, you don't start doing. Listen, we become a people. You, you, we know everything there is to know about love, but we can't love. We know everything there is to know about peace, but there's no peace in our home. We know all there is to know about joy. We know the Greek about what joy is. We've studied joy, but there's no joy in our souls. And God says, if you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. (laughs) I'm reminded of this lady that, that she's at home yelling at her kids, you know, shut up, shut up, you kids, you clean your room, clean Clean your room. I told you to clean your room. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring. Mom, the phone's for you. Who is it? Pastor Talk. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want me to teach Sunday school on the value of the family. Oh, yes. Yes, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Are my children close to God? Yes. In fact, one of them is about to be with God. (laughs) But isn't that how it is? If you know these things, you're blessed if you... And we want to be a blessed people. Then why aren't we? Because God gives us a component that might be missing. Because if you know these things, you will be blessed. If you, I, you know, I'm a pastor and I, I can hear the voice of God. And this just happened. I was walking downtown Honolulu and uh, there was this homeless guy. And, you know, I usually just kind of do my thing. But this time, for some reason, the Lord said, stop and give this guy a dollar. And I thought, oh, God, if I give him a buck, he's going to use it to drink beer or something, you know. So forget it. I'm not going to give him because he's just going to put it into alcohol. I said to myself, you know, have you ever grumbled with God like this? Rationalize. And I say, you know, God, you know, he needs he needs to use the money for food, for food. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, well, stop at McDonald's and buy him a hamburger. And I said, no way, man, that costs four bucks. (laughs) It was like the Lord said, so it's greed. Your own greed. It's not his problem. It's yours. Because you know what to do, but you can't do it. You know there, everything there is to know about obedience, but you don't obey. You know everything there is to know about following God, but you don't follow me. If you know these things, you are blessed if you, if you do them. And everything's going to become intentional. See, the devil is the one who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He comes to what? To to kill and to destroy. First thing he wants to do is? He wants to steal your obedience. Leave you with knowledge, because that's what happened with the Pharisees, right? They knew everything. They didn't do anything. The boy, did they know a lot. And Jesus had to come to counteract that. And you know the dangerous thing is? then every single one of us is a little Pharisee just waiting to grow up. And every single one of us. 
Well, I, I wouldn't let that happen. Oh, no, you won't intentionally let that happen. It'll just be that you'll start to know, no, 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 no so much, but do, do less and less and less and less and think that that's the way to be because it's easier, it's more, more spiritual. See, a lot of us, the reason we don't want to do it because it takes too much time. It's too hard. See, a lot of us don't really want to pray. We just want the benefits of someone who did. I really don't want to work on my marriage. I just want the benefits of someone who did. I really don't want to take the time to read my Bible every day. I just want the benefits of someone who did. And it's not available. Because then we start to know a lot and then we do less and less. And the blessings shrink. So we become a very knowledgeable people. But we're not blessed as like we should. So I want us to receive the blessings of God. Because, oh, the Bible says it is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what's that component? The component is this. I want you to know that the devil is doing everything he can to take the meaning out of the word so that it becomes something we know but not do, and then we become okay with it. Let me give you an illustration, and this is where it all comes to, and I hope you can catch it out of this one story in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3, and it'll come up on the board, it says this, it says, Therefore I make it known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can say Jesus is accursed. And then it says this, And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the... Okay, so let's read this together. Go. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the... Yeah, what he's saying is you really cannot say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. And I thought, no way. We say Jesus is Lord all the time. We praise Him. We thank Him. Jesus is Lord. If someone said, who's your Lord? I said, Jesus is Lord. Well, let me tell you what happened where the Holy Spirit gave me a teaching that changed my life forever and the way I see things. Because you and I will go through all kinds of valleys, all kinds of setbacks, but the question is, who's your Lord? When my wife Anna and I first got married... uh, we were in Bible college, so really poor, and, and uh, there was a, an apartment complex coming up, so I went downtown to the office, and I said, hey, could I apply um, to be the manager of this little unit? Because I heard that, you know, basically all you have is the master key in case someone locks themselves out, and you sweep the, the uh, front once a week. And so the guy said, well, apply, and we'll see. Well, I got it. They allowed me to get the job as the manager of the apartment, and it was a real easy job. And what they do is they give you 50% off on your rent, and, and then I could go to Bible college. So it was perfect. Well, I'm this young husband and going to Bible college, and one night I was late already to a uh, ministry dinner. And my wife was upstairs. You know how they fluff their hair and got to put on their stuff and their and uh, so she was like taking forever and so she was putting this stuff on her I don't know what you call it massacre I think and so she she's I said honey what are you doing she said I'm massacring my eyes 
I said, well, come on, hurry up. We're really late. You know, I'm just so embarrassed as is. She said, well, I got one more to go. I said, just do one and cover the other. It's it good. She said, well, I'm hurrying. Well, at this time, too, my wife, you got to know that she had a part-time job and she worked for her auntie uh, in a locksmith shop. So whenever they would get extra lock samples, she would bring them home and say, honey, could you put this on and install it? So, I mean, we had locks everywhere on our house. Our refrigerator was locked, our cabinet, our toilet had a lock on it. So, I don't know if you've seen these kitty locks, you know, so they can't, it's amazing. I had, I had three locks on our front door that made different noises. Click, click, knock, knock, boom, boom. And it's just, everything was locked. Everything was locked. Well, Finally, she gets the last one massacred, and, and she, she comes running down the stairs. I said, come on, we're late, come on. So she gets out, and I slam the door, ding, 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 knock, 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 knock. And so I, I go to the car, and I say, now, give me the keys. She says, I, I don't have the keys. I said, I don't either. Give me the keys. She said, I don't have the keys. I said, you're supposed to have the keys. You're the wife. She says, I don't have the keys. I said, oh, no. So I go to the door, the door's locked, the window's locked, the walls are locked, the roof is locked, everything's locked. I said, good night, what are we going to do, Anna? She, she said, let's pray. I said, don't touch me. <laughs> what are we going to do? I said, go get the manager. She said, we are the manager. Twice you messed up. Come on. So I had to that night run into town Go get another key from one of the other guys. Come in. By this time, I'm sweating and I'm automatically stinky. And I, I open the door up. So mad. I get the keys. And I said, get in the car. Come on. So we go to the dinner. And that whole night, I didn't want to talk to her. You know, Don't talk to me. Say, but, but, but honey, just. That's, that whole night, like, leave me alone. You know. It took me three, four days to finally cool back down and. And then the next week, we were supposed to go to my brother's house down in San Francisco area. He lives about an hour out of San Francisco. This was in August for us. It's summertime, very hot. So my brother said, hey, we're going to have a barbecue around 6 o'clock. So go into San Fran and then come out and just visit and just be back by 6. So I said, great, hour out of town, 6 o'clock means I have to leave at 5. There's one thing you don't do around San Francisco or L.A. is leave at 5 o'clock. Because everybody and their dog is trying to leave town at 5 o'clock. Massive rush hour. So we, are, we are, are on the freeway sweating because no air conditioner in my little pickup. And so we finally, finally, we're just, oh, just sweltering. Finally, we get going and my patience is already thin. So I'm going, I said, honey, what uh, exit are we supposed to, to take? You know, she had the map. She said, I don't know, I don't know. Sir. I said, look, it's right in front of you. She said, I'm looking, I'm looking. I said, which one? Come on, come on, we're going now. We're, you, you, see, because one of the things you don't, another thing you don't want to do is not only don't leave at five, you don't want to take the wrong exit around those areas. Because if you take the wrong exit, you got to drive, if it's wrong, you got to drive all the way like to Mexico to get back on the freeway. So we're going, we're starting to speed up. And I said, honey, is this it? Is this it? She says, I don't know. I said, is this it? She says, yeah, I think this is it. So wrong exit. <laughs> we're going down to this seedy part of town and people are like doing drug deals. You know, hermano, what do you have here? I don't know. Give me some more money here. All right. You know, it's just like, whoa. 
So I, I, I think, oh man, what are we going to do? So I drove through, you roll up the window, lock the door, and then we get into this park. Finally, it looks kind of sane, it looks safe. So I get out, slam the door, kick the tire, poof. Just, man, Lord, you give me a wife that's always late and she can't even find her way around town, can't read a map. Lord, why did you give me this thing? Lord, come on. And then, and it was like the Lord right there, bang, spoke to me in a voice that I had never, never caught before. It was like the Lord just stopped everything. You know how you're just getting mad and all of a sudden everything goes into suspended animation because God's going to talk to you. It's like, what is it? And like God just spoke. He said, who's your Lord? I said, what? Pulled out 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Who's your Lord? Because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I said, you are Lord. I said, you are. He said, no, no, no. Because you see, who your Lord is, who you give power of lordship to, is the one who's going to determine whether your day is a success or a failure. Who's your Lord in your life? The one that you give lordship to is going to be the one who determines your countenance. Whether your day is going to be filled with peace or hatred. Whoever you give power to as who will be Lord is going to be the one that you're going to give permission to to dictate how your relationships are going to be and how you're going to respond to others. That person determines everything about you because he is Lord. Got it? And he said, who's your Lord? I said, you are. He took me back in my mind to the weeks before where I'd lost that key or I forgot the key. And he said, look how your relationship with this woman that you had just made a commitment to a few months before in marriage, look how your whole relationship turned and now your relationship with her was negative and angry. Who was your Lord then? Who determined that? Was I Lord? Who was your Lord? And I thought, you know what? It wasn't Jesus. It was the lost key. Yeah. That lost key became Lord in my life. Uh-huh. You understand? It, it changed everything about my countenance, my disposition, my attitude, my spirit, even my marriage. Wow. See, I gave lordship to a lost key and didn't even realize it. And then he said, who's Lord now? Look, your wife's in the car crying. Who's Lord now? I thought, you know what? It's not Jesus. It was the wrong exit that I allowed to become Lord in my life. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that is why no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. Otherwise, you'll get religious and you'll know everything there is to know about love, but you don't have the power to love. You know everything there is to know about joy, but there's no joy in our homes. We know everything there is to know about peace, but we can't get peace in our hearts with our in-laws or with this person that we haven't spoken to for years. And then everything comes in to vie for lordship. Listen carefully. You're going to have a lot of lost keys in your life. 
You're going to take a lot of wrong exits. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have people that will promise you something and will not be able to fulfill it. That's fine. We're going to be in very painful valleys. But don't give them lordship. You're going to be hurt by people, but don't let them become Lord. You're going to have some uncle or someone do something to you that will make you feel dirty. It's terrible, it's wrong, it's vile, it's unbiblical, but they're not your Lord. Don't let them be Christ. There's only one Lord, there's only one Christ, there's only one King, and His name is Jesus. 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 But you see, you won't be able to learn to live that until the Holy Spirit enlightens that to your heart and you go, wow, you know, I can have a lot of lords in my life and still sing the right songs. But today, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the Lordship of Christ so that you'll catch it. And then, he says, If you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. For no man can say by the Spirit of God that Jesus is accursed. And no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that we will have one God. Regardless of what happens, Jesus is Lord. Amen.